1: My name is Roy Biancolana, and today I have an absolute treat for you. I have a guest speaker by way of a recording of one of his live training events. I am bringing to you today a live talk given by one of my primary teachers, David Data. You spell that name D-E-I-D-A in case you want to know. And he is one of my primary teachers from afar. I've never had a conversation with him. I've never played golf with him. I've never personally hung out with him. I've been to a number of his live trainings. I've read all of his books. I've listened to hundreds of hours of his teachings And they have influenced me and taught me as much as almost anyone else in my life. And he's one of the most incredible communicators. And he's one of the most insightful people on the planet. And he is the guru when it comes to masculine feminine dynamics. There is no one in the world that comes close to him. And I believe... Anyone who teaches masculine feminine dynamics would agree with that. So I am bringing you a live talk that he gave. It is long. It's about an hour and four minutes, but it is absolute gold. It is perhaps the deepest teaching on relationships that you might ever hear. It really is that powerful. And I've chosen this particular talk because it really captures his basic overall teaching and message better than anything else that I've ever heard him say. This is kind of like, if you want to know what David Data is about, if you want to know what he teaches, you can get it in this one message. But it is incredibly deep, and I think you're going to really, really enjoy it. And I want to say right now that this is a message that I hope that you listen to many, many times because there is so much gold in here that you're going to want to stop it and rewind it and re-listen to it because it's that deep and it's that powerful. And so this is just going to be so great for you. And I really want to get your feedback on it. I want to hear how this lands On you. I want to know what you think. I want to know your response. And so please give me some feedback on how you receive what he's about to say. Now, the only thing that I want to mention to you before um, I play his talk is he uses a word at the end that I want to give you just a little bit of context. He talks about, and you'll hear, Shells of protection. He uses the word shell of how we develop a false self, a fear driven way of being that's like a shell. It covers our authenticity, it covers our essence, our heart. And so, that word shell, the word that I use for that is the word persona. So, if you're familiar with my teaching in this podcast, I teach on relationship personas, fear-driven ways that we behave in order to succeed at something or survive in some way or to get our needs satisfied. So when I use the word persona, the word he uses is shell. They mean the exact same things. And so toward the end of the talk is when he, he introduces that idea. And I just didn't want you to be confused. As to what he means. Okay. So I'm going to play the talk now. And I will come back afterwards. And wrap up very briefly. Now. One more quick thing. I'm just thinking on things off the top of my head here. Um, I'm playing this for you. Because I want to introduce David Data to you. I want you to become a fan. I want you to become a follower. And so in the show notes will be his website, which is simply data.info. Okay. But I, I would love for you to get turned on by him and to want to learn more and go to live trainings and buy his books and, and 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 his other audio resources. And so in the show notes I will link to his website so that you, you know, can follow up with this if you love it as much as I do. Okay. I don't think there's anything else. So without further ado, I bring you David Data.
0: Well, tonight what I'd like to do is go as deeply as we can into the area of the spiritual aspects of sexuality and what that means, how we can grow spiritually and sexually through our adult life. And whether we're having sex or not, whether we're actively sexual or not, The way I use sexuality and the way I'll be speaking is about a way of living, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're single. um, It's just a way of being. And if, if what I say helps you, and I hope it does, then it's like a shoe that fits and you could wear it. But if the shoe doesn't fit, just discard it. So if there's something that I say that just doesn't feel like it applies to you, that's fine. You could ask questions about it if you would like. But I'm not saying that this is the only way To look at it it's just one possible Way that's been extremely useful For me and many people and I hope It's useful for all of you tonight But uh, add to the usefulness if you have any Comments as we go on One of the bases of sexuality Is that there's an attraction Or a repulsion between Beings Now these don't have to be human beings You know aphids have sex (laughs) Um And people even have sexual relationships, not necessarily sexual uh, intercourse, with uh, even animals. So, for instance, young girls often have posters of horses and unicorns and so forth in their bedroom. Now, of course, they're not thinking of having sex with them, but there's a kind of romance... uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? That feeling of being a young child and maybe fantasizing in some romantic way about various animals, white knights, the whole thing. And so when I'm using sexuality, I mean that whole spectrum from actual adult sex to even sexual feelings. And what those sexual feelings are based on is an arc of energy between two poles. Um, all forces in nature flow between two poles so electricity anything that's electrical these lights as you know they have two prongs you plug into the wall it's a positive and negative electrical each plug and it forms a whole arc Uh, on your car battery if you've ever tried to charge your battery if you put the charger on the wrong way sparks fly and it's the same thing in relationships for the same reasons we'll see there's two poles in in sexuality and those two poles I call masculine and feminine now those words tend to be really charged in our culture and I'm using them very specifically I'll tell you how I'm using them But when there is a masculine and feminine between two men two women a man and a woman uh, uh, a girl and a horse a uh, human and uh, And a piece of land Even some land has a very masculine or feminine a feeling to it. There's an arc of sexual polarity now knowing how to live that arc artfully how to use it for the sake of all beings to open their heart, and how not to be confused by the constant sexual energy that's always moving through you and everybody else and every place else all day as you're walking around and going to work and coming home and being with your children and so forth. That's what we're going to learn to do tonight as deeply as we can. The masculine in each of you, in all of us, Is the depth of our consciousness That is absolutely silent There's nothing there Except the conscious witness of things And that's why Masculine people Love nothingness And the more nothing you can get The happier the masculine is So the idea of masculine bliss There's various forms of it But one form is just Having a few beers Numbing out a little Sitting in front of the TV Zoning out Nothing And there's a kind of bliss It's an actual deep bliss That the masculine looks forward to experiencing When there's nothing Um, Now the feminine isn't like this at all So this is We'll see as we go on Why this could create conflict And how to use it to grow spiritually Instead of just go hey So Or even sexually, you know, the masculine will have sex and drive and drive and drive towards a goal and like have their orgasm and then, oh, suddenly nothing. And they want to stay in that nothing. They've been wanting it all day. You try to talk to them, look, I'd look at one second, one second. And so the masculine in various ways whether it's through television, whether it's through a beer, whether it's through sex, is seeking the resolution of something to nothing. And even masculine forms of meditation and spiritual practice, and we'll see that if we have time to get into that, which I hope we do tonight, involve sitting in silence, contemplating silence, emptying oneself of all the thoughts and emotions that are happening and resting in peace. That's actually a beautiful way for the uh, masculine to meditate and it's anti-feminine so all of the spiritual practices that have been founded by masculine people and every man and woman has masculine in them but some more than others which we'll discover every form of spiritual practice that has been founded by a masculine person involves reducing somethingness to nothingness and the more nothing the better so really good meditation is just like nothing infinite, boundless nothing. Now that is not the feminine's idea of a good time. The feminine is... is life force is everything that's alive is the fullness of life is color is light is all energy is everything that's moving whereas the masculine is the nothing that witnesses everything the everything it witnesses is the feminine it is she it is the the feminine force of existence And, and people identify more with the nothingness of consciousness or the somethingness of the feminine and that's what makes them more masculine and feminine whether they're a woman or a man and we'll talk about that in a moment But the feminine, if you're a really feminine person, and I don't know, if this were your home, let's say, and there was an empty shelf in your home, you'll never find an empty shelf for long in a feminine person's home. (laughs) Because imagine there's a big empty shelf. A feminine person will see that shelf and go, hmm, what would be good there? I have these shells I've been collecting, and she'll put or he'll put shells and feathers and photos and fill the shelf until it just feels right, feels full. Whereas the masculine will go, empty shelf. If you look in a feminine person's closet <laughs> well perhaps we need to say no more <laughs> because the feminine is life force the feminine is light it's energy it's color it's aliveness and so for a masculine person the ideal closet is like clothes for work clothes for play uh, tennis shoes work shoes sandals or something like that you know whatever variation of that. The feminine person's sense of clothing is, I need brown shoes with a heel this big on certain days, but brown shoes with a heel this big on other days, and on other days I need a slightly different shade of brown with a little bit of silver on the buckle, and so I need that one. And so the feminine feels is so sensitive to the flow of life because the feminine is the flow of life, and the more you're identified with the feminine, the more you're identified with the flow of life energy. Little tiny things like the kinds of earrings you wear or the exact shape of your shoes or the color make a huge difference in how you feel all day. Whereas the masculine... You know, if a feminine person asks a masculine person, like, you know, which earrings would you prefer that I wear, these or these? You know, and he'll be like. <laughs> and the wrong answer, of course, is that you like them both, but that's, of course, the answer you'll say because you can hardly tell the difference anyways. But it's better to go, oh, those. <laughs> just, just so she goes, no, I prefer these. And at least she has something to go off of. So the feminine is life force. The feminine is fullness. The feminine is aliveness. And anything that adorns or enhances life force or aliveness, the motion of energy through the body, the fullness of life, uh, is a boon for the feminine. It magnifies the feminine. It makes the feminine happy. So uh, a beautiful day for the feminine is is conversation with friends and, and delicious food and happiness and children laughing and running around and changing clothes several times into different outfits if you have that occasion possibly to change into several outfits, and the ideal day for the mask is like today I get to do nothing. you just plop down Yeah. the nothinger the better now. When a feminine person walks into that room of nothing, why are you laughing? (laughs) We all know this. So, the the feminine person walks into the room of nothing. There's an initial masculine reflex that's universal, and it's kind of. Especially if there's a mood associated with that feminine person. So she's not just a feminine person. She's a flowing maelstrom of energy. So she comes into the room, and even if she's not saying anything, like, you, know, and you, you take one look, and you're like, okay. All right. There's a kind of resignation. Okay, nothingness is over. Hi. And... and now, the feminine person could take that as a kind of rejection because she's very sensitive to energy. So she feels suddenly his body's tense. He has a kind of resentment that she's interfering in his nothingness. And again, that nothingness could be anything from meditation to zoning out in front of the TV. So she could take it personally and then, you know, get a naggy. And then he goes, oh, my God, not only is it nothing, it's the something that I least like, you know, and... So the... One of the biggest sources of conflict in intimacy, and therefore one of the keys to opening spiritually, is to understand the depths of nothingness and somethingness instead of just the medium range. So the medium range of nothingness and somethingness involves feminine people enjoying chocolate and cappuccinos and clothing and shopping and playing and dancing and music and conversation and filling their lives with joy in that way. And the medium form of masculine nothingness is uh, and feeling nothingness, watching TV and feeling nothingness, having a beer and feeling nothingness, basically just zoning out. I mean, even if you're sitting at the dinner table, just zoning out, you're not listening to everything. Everything's happening, but you're not listening. You're just just nothing. So all of those are medium forms of masculine and feminine bliss. But there's, that's just a hint. And we live in a very mediocre time, spiritually and sexually. And so our culture doesn't give us a lot of clues on how to go deeper than that kind of... It's fun, but mediocre level of nothingness and somethingness. So one aspect of sacred sexuality and spirituality is taking that nothingness and somethingness all the way, going all the way. So that the feminine doesn't stop with a piece of Belgium chocolate washed down with a bit of cappuccino and some conversation. But that same pleasure that's evoked by those delights are allowed to move through the entire body and open the heart to God. To allow yourself to use clothing, sacraments, jewelry, music, singing, whatever you would like... To, to, to bring so much joy to you that your heart opens completely to the divine, that's feminine spiritual practice. And it usually doesn't involve a whole lot of sitting alone by yourself in a room. On the other hand, for the masculine, instead of just stopping at the zoning out of television, which is very blissful, just like chocolate is and so forth, instead of just stopping there, feel the infinite nothingness that is the your true consciousness even now in this moment so if you can now in this moment allow yourself to feel the consciousness the witness the depth of being that has no qualities it's eternal that never changes and rest as that right now it's better than tv and not only that no one can interfere with it because Anyone whose emotional craziness gets in that just becomes part of the nothingness. And you're able to rest in the nothingness and totally enter into the heart of the feminine being who you would otherwise retract from into your pseudo nothingness tv and so forth now since you're so deeply rested it, there's no need to retract and you can feel so deeply into your feminine partner's heart that you're resting open unthreatened there's not that recoil "Mm, you gotta deal with this now instead of that there's a relaxation into her and a claiming of her heart a total invasion of her heart where you Rest as the presence that's already through and through her. And by resting as that presence, she feels you inside of her, taking her, opening her. And then the both of you get exactly what you want you get her energy of openness devotionness and surrender and the feminine partner gets the masculine partner's presence (laughs) of unrecoiling conscious presence deep into her heart into her body into her life with no cringing and that helps us set the stage for what can be a really deep intimacy and really deep spiritual practice but to do that we have to grow and i'm going to describe a few three steps of growth and then we'll open it to questions and see if there are any at this point In the first stage of our growth, women tend to identify only with the feminine and not the masculine at all. And so, in the first stage of growth, women are. Stuck in and you can think of like the 1950s style of classic relationship in the united states to give like a little archetype or image of this you have the the housewife who makes everything beautiful wants to be beautiful um who's all bubbly and has to be cheerful and so forth and she's not allowed to express how she really feels she's not allowed to make decisions she's even probably in those relationships not allowed to earn a living or have her say in the world and the masculine side men had to be the first stage masculine always in charge you know you do it my way or you just leave you know god dang it i'm the one in charge here i'm always right and he was the breadwinner and never showed emotions and always was on the path on the direction come home full of purpose you know and sit down so you had this rigid kind of macho jerk submissive housewife kind of scene in the first stage of intimacy and in human growth now most of us have grown beyond that and the way we grew beyond that is men and women cultivated both their inner masculine and feminine. And women did it first, at least in the United States and Europe. And so the women's lib movement came before the men's liberation movement, and the women's liberation movement involved basically women cultivating their masculine. So one thing is really important to understand, that women's liberation didn't liberate the feminine, it liberated the masculine in women. So what happened is now, instead of women just being like balls of energy... Now, women stepped into the place of, this is my purpose. Because remember, the masculine is that consciousness that rests behind everything, that can see a direction and go there no matter what. You can try to talk to it, won't even look, won't budge, no distraction, don't bother me, I'm on my purpose. When someone's in their masculine years, they're like, I'm washing my car. I'm washing my car. Do not talk to me. Total focus, total focus. the masculine could get so ridiculously focused, it's like, you know not now i'm putting in the screw you know so women cultivated their internal masculine and learned to you know earn as much money as men and and make decisions that don't involve depth of emotional feeling and not show their emotions so they could go to work and just get the job done live by their schedule book so to grow into the second stage women cultivated their internal masculine and they they had their schedule books and they had their purposes and women developed their direction of where they want to go in their life and independence and no one's going to tell me what to do became the woman's thing. I'm going to decide what to do. I'm not going to depend on a man anymore. And, of course, then women started having as many heart attacks as men and so forth, but that's, we'll get to that. So women cultivated their internal masculine to get somewhere and become whole people so they no longer needed to depend on men, which is a good thing. They became independent, autonomous people who were miserable. The, <laughs> the masculine who had four years, you know, I'm, I'm in charge, I'm doing this, you know, I'm earning the living. Probably about 15 years after the feminine did, after women did, came the men's liberation movement, if you will, or the men's movement. And the men's movement did not involve men learning a deeper goal. It learned men men going out in the woods playing drums expressing their emotions things that, that women have always done I mean they just get together for a tea party it's more emotional than the deepest men's group and so men men are practicing like saying how they feel and getting sensitive and things like in the 60s marijuana helped a lot so people who had smoked marijuana would suddenly sort of go you know these guys who had previously been and they would take a token and be like oh I have a body <laughs> hey that music sounds pretty good yeah, yeah, forget this working all the time thing. And the masculine then, or men, cultivated their internal feminine, and they learned to flow with energy, and they wore colorful clothing and grew their hair longer and wore jewelry and earrings and learned to go back into nature and feel the rhythm of nature and the rhythm of music. And so in the second stage, what you have are really flowing, sensitive men who most women don't trust and go where are all the strong men And really rigid uptight women Who get the job done and are totally independent But don't know how to surrender anymore Because they don't trust these wimpy guys anyways and So we have a second stage Kind of everyone's balanced Everyone's independent No one needs everyone and everyone's unhappy So what this workshop tonight is about And all of the books I've written are about Is the third stage The next stage Which some of us are not ready for So even tonight as we're talking In a moment when I open it to questions You'll find out that some people here Just do not want to make this change And that's fine Because we all have to discover it at our own pace But the next stage is to go Okay, I could take care of myself I'm independent I have my masculine and feminine developed Is that the deepest way to give my life? Is that the deepest way to offer myself to God? Is that the deepest form of human being is that how I want to live between birth and death is this is my deepest ecstasy and for most people the answer is no and to take the next step you keep the gifts the capacities you've developed so women keep their masculine capacities to earn as much money as they want, be prime minister of any country they want, and men keep their capacity to dance and play music and go out in nature and enjoy themselves. Those are great things. But there's another step beyond that. And the step beyond that involves two things. And those two things are feeling the deepest desire of your heart and knowing how to express that sexually. And sexually, I don't, again, mean through sexual intercourse. I just mean through your sexual being. So what does it mean to know... Your deepest heart's desire. Well, I'll just tell you, and again, you'll need to feel for yourself if this works for you, if this feels right to you or not. But the deepest f- desire of the feminine heart, that is a, a man or a woman who identifies more with life force and love light than with the emptiness of the witness and the direction that comes from that emptiness. If you identify more with that fullness of love light, then the deepest desire of your heart, the feeling of it, is an aching yearning to be filled. It's a desire to be seen because you are light and you want to be seen, you want to be known, you want to be noticed, you want to be felt, you want to be entered, you want to be taken open. And so the feeling is to to find someone or the divine itself to enter you and take you open. To enter you, to see you, to come into you, fill your heart and take you open. And without that entrance, without that reception, you feel empty. And you and it aches it hurts so you sometimes have to close yourself off to the own pain of your heart so if there's not love in your relationship or you don't have a relationship your heart is aching for love so much sometimes it's just too much you just shut yourself off from the pain of your own heart and you could you could still have a good profession and so forth but you come home to your empty house and your cat or whatever you have and it's just not enough. Your heart aches. It doesn't matter if you're super successful, if you're a zillionaire, you're, you're a CEO. If you have a feminine heart, your heart aches to flow, give and receive love. If you have a masculine heart, that is you identify more with consciousness and direction than with the flow of light and love, then your heart yearns, your heart aches, your heart must discover your deepest consciousness which is expressed through knowing your deepest life's purpose so if i ask you what do you need to do before you die so you could die absolutely complete unless you know how to answer that you have not allowed yourself to feel your deepest masculine heart your deepest masculine heart is based in knowing your deepest life's purpose grounding every day of your life in it and living from that integrity so there's not a moment of your life that's not springing from your deepest heart's purpose there's no meandering about an ambiguity well i'll just go out in the woods for a while and feel good because i really don't know what else to do with my life and then it's better than nothing going out in the woods could be part of your deepest life purpose but then you'd know it it wouldn't just be something you did because you didn't know what else to do so The masculine heart, to grow into this third stage, must know its deepest purpose and not tolerate anything less. And this is where it gets a little offensive, and then I'll open it to questions and we'll find out how offensive it got. But we'll we'll inch it as far as we can. (laughs) How many times has a masculine person been with a feminine person? And the feminine person's talking, the masculine person... Because the feminine talks, obviously, to share love and energy, not to get somewhere and end. But the masculine always wants to bring everything to an end because the masculine wants nothingness. So every time a masculine and feminine person start a conversation, the masculine person starts it with, "Okay, how fast can I get this over with?" Basically, it's like, "Are you saying this? What's the point? What are you talking about? Where are you trying to get with this?" Because the masculine wants to get to wherever it's going, finish that goal, have a moment of emptiness, move on to the next goal, finish that, have a moment of emptiness. But for the feminine, it's just an ongoing flow. So. The second stage man weakens himself by just kind of like listening. You know, it's like the circuitous garden growing of words. And it's not really going anywhere in particular. But he feels, well, she has as much right as I do to talk, so I'll give her time. But meanwhile, he's he's shutting down because he doesn't, not only doesn't want to listen to it, it doesn't make any sense to him. And there's no... If it was another feminine person, they'd be having a great time flowing in this energy. It would be like dancing with each other through words and emotion. But for, for the masculine, that's not what life's about. Life's, you, know, you get to the point and move on. So a third stage masculine person might feel his feminine partner doing that, for instance, and just say, I love you far too much to simply listen to you. I'm going to take you now and draw him to her. Look into her eyes. She pulls a little closer. Do you really want to talk? Would you prefer to use your mouth for something else? Now, it it depends on the moment, you know. Sometimes talking is the exactly perfect thing to do, but sometimes both people are waiting for that third stage thing to happen but no one's willing to take that step because you've kind of mediocritized your life and the man's used to giving the woman space and is afraid of being resisted and so anyways the third stage man feels his deepest purpose and if his deepest purpose in that moment is to be with his woman then the deepest way to be with his woman is to open her to God so the first thir- the third stage man excuse me the third stage man says i'm going to be with her i'm going all the way with her and that doesn't necessarily mean sexually it means all the way to god now is listening to her talk in this moment the best way to open her to god sometimes it might be but sometimes there may be more direct ways you know ways that both of you would enjoy more and the third stage woman, likewise, sees this kind of bozo guy going around the house, not working at a job that makes money but isn't his deepest purpose. And then he comes home and he's all collapsed inside because he doesn't know what he's doing in his life and just wants a little food and sex and go to sleep. And her heart's dying, but she doesn't express it because she doesn't want to lose the relationship, second stage. To move into the third stage, she, again, just like the third stage man, doesn't tolerate anything less than deepest flow of love so the guy's just sitting there doing whatever he does and she walks out there with her body on fire with love and does whatever it takes and we'll talk about that if you're interested exactly what to do (laughs) so that his heart goes whoa i'm here (laughs) instead of letting him go off with his not feeling his purpose and kind of mediocre presence she demands his deepest presence and that demand again is a demand for the divine and the way the feminine divine shows itself is through devotion and demand for his deepest consciousness basically if you wanted to put it into words it would be i am yours I am light, take me if you dare, because I'll kill you unless you're completely deep. That would be the fullest expression. You know, take me, total devotion, I'll go anywhere with you. I totally surrender, and I'll kill you if you're anything less than totally present. Both, take me and watch out, bub, better be all the way. Ladies, raise your hand if you'd like that from your man. I'm just curious. Okay, so, so we've gotten that far. So this might be a good time to allow, if you have any questions, and I'd rather fine-tune it to your questions than continue. If there are no questions, I'll just continue. Um, but the third stage, beyond that mediocrity of sensitized men who let women do anything but no one's happy, and women who are really good in their career but their, whose hearts are aching because they can't be with a man who they could totally trust... That stage of the second stage is over and we're really, many people anyways, are very ready to move to the next stage. And that's what this whole talk is about. That's what all my work is about. It's helping people take that next step. And because it's an art, it's slightly different how each person takes that step, although there are universal principles. And so if you ask a question, I'll answer it for you personally, and you could go home with specific practices and understandings. Although the principles will apply to everything, I'll address your situation personally personally. If you're courageous enough to ask <laughs> So are there any questions? Yes
1: I hear you talking about masculine and feminine And I'm a little confused because I can feel both within me
0: Are you ready? Are you re- Okay, here it goes this a Great question All of us have the masculine and feminine within us So all of us experience both desires Just like you said Every human experiences that Now here's the refinement. If you can imagine the masculine on one side and the feminine on the other, there's a whole spectrum that all of us exist in. So I could move into my masculine or you could and like focus and ignore everyone and get the job done and finish and go, ah, done. I could move into my feminine and and turn on great music and dance with my friends and enjoy life and being alive as life. So all of us can do, hopefully, the whole spectrum. However, and this is the crux of the spiritual part as well as the sexual part. There's a place in that spectrum that we call home. And it could be anywhere in that spectrum. It could be right in the middle, very balanced. It could be very masculine, very feminine. That when we are most open and ecstatic, where we most often rest in that moment. Now, it's a center of gravity, so we still can play the whole spectrum. So let's look at it sexually to give you a direct feeling of it. Here's two choices. Let's say you're married. Um, are you married? You don't have to say, okay. Let's, let's just, let's, <laughs> sorta. Of. Let's say you're sorta of married. <laughs> And, and again, and this, by the way, applies to, to heterosexual relationships, homosexual relationships. It doesn't matter the gender of the people involved, more masculine, more feminine person. But we'll get to that too if there are questions about it. If you're the feminine partner, if you're the more feminine partner in the relationship, and then your masculine partner comes. Let's assume it's your birthday. Let's say let's say it's your birthday falls on a weekend, and your birthday comes, and you're. Man, are you married to a man? Or, I mean, kind of married to a man. <laughs> so, your man comes, and he goes, It's your birthday. And you say, yeah. And he goes, happy birthday. And he goes, well, what do you want to do? And you go, what do you mean? And he goes, it's your birthday. We could do anything. What do you want to do? Your heart will go like... <laughs> Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> now, feel that, as opposed to... It's your birthday weekend Your kind of husband or whatever Your boyfriend man comes in And says Happy birthday You have a half an hour to pack We're going to be on a tropical island That's all you need to know Bring bathing suit Evening clothes I'll take care of the rest We'll be back at Sunday at 8 (coughs) o'clock Which would feel more like a gift to you (laughs) Would one or the other feel more like a gift? Which? Well, if the second one feels more like a gift, even though that whole spectrum is available for you to use, you have a feminine essence. Because the feminine hates to make decisions and loves to surrender to direction. And so to have somebody say, Baby, we're going here, in a loving, passionate way, the feminine goes, Oh, yes. You know? On the other hand, there's no greater gift you could give a masculine person than to say, It's your birthday, I'll do anything you want. Can you feel the difference? Now, what I call that home base within that spectrum is your sexual essence. So although all of us have the whole spectrum, and so we have all the desires of the masculine and feminine at different times of the day and different times of our life, sometimes for years we're more in the masculine, years or more in the feminine, we could do all that and we could get into detail about how that works and how that affects relationships. We have a sexual essence that's most easily felt sexually, but it could express itself. Through our love spiritually, which spiritual practices work best for us, how we prefer to interact with people, what jobs we do, how we relate to our children, our best friends. (laughs) Our sexual essence influences and actually is the source of all of those. By knowing our sexual essence, we know who to choose for an intimate relationship and how to play the intimate relationship so it's most fulfilling we know which spiritual practices will be most effective to open our heart and how to use them so our heart most opens we know what kind of friends we need and when to spend time with them so we can most open to God on a regular basis if we lose track of our sexual essence and we confuse that with our function so for instance in your case if, I'm, if I may um, you clearly have a feminine essence and yet of course, like many people today, you've developed your masculine to be successful and self-sufficient. Now, if you confuse your capacity to be masculine, which is a great thing, with your sexual essence, you will both confuse your intimate partner and attract a confused intimate partner who is equally confused in reverse He will have lost his capacity to commit, follow through on his word. He will become totally untrustworthy because he will have feminized himself and have lost his deep masculine purpose. And yet under that will be his masculine. So his heart is yearning for a woman who trusts him and will surrender to his heart deep direction not his macho jerk direction but his sensitive loving direction in the passionate way we were talking about for your birthday a woman who will trust him his heart is yearning for and yet what he's putting out is feminine energy on the surface. Like you were talking about putting on feminine masculine energy on the purpose. He'll do the opposite. So on the surface, he'll seem uncommitted and ambiguous and not real present with you and not willing to step forward and not willing to take initiative and not willing to commit deeply, not willing to open you completely and will make you move into your masculine because he'll be so uninterested that you'll have to step into the masculine and go, okay, well, someone's got to do something here. I'll Take initiative. I'll take this step. I'll take care of myself. I'll move this on. And because there's a conservation of energy in relationships, someone has to step into the masculine and someone has to step into the feminine. When you step out of the feminine into the masculine, he steps out of the masculine into the feminine. And that is the source. Of all, I shouldn't say all 98% of second stage dissatisfaction and intimacy Is the feminine partner in your case Complains that the masculine partner is not present enough And yet you're putting out such self-sufficient energy It pushes him away from being present And the masculine partner complains That the feminine partner is not trusting and soft and open and vulnerable enough But he's being so wobbly and weak in his presence That she has to come forward and put up that edge just to survive so that's the second stage now in addition to your sexual essence in your case for instance being feminine and having like i said it gets deeper and deeper so tell me when it's too much but you have your sexual essence which is feminine in your case you have the full spectrum of masculine and feminine which you could use at any time you could be masculine when you want to you could be feminine when you want to and still you have this essence that really does know what it wants and those special moments of the intimacy and so forth Around that essence, you have shells, which are not your natural masculine and feminine gifts, which is what we've been talking about, but are shells of fear formed from hurt through your life. So let me give you an example from the feminine essence side. I could do one from the masculine essence side too. Let's say that a little girl, and it could be a little boy. Again, it's not gender specific, but I'll just stay with a woman being a feminine essence. A little girl is born. And let's say she has a feminine essence. And if a little girl has a feminine essence, that means uh, given the choice for her third birthday between uh, a knife and a sequined gown, (laughs) she'll choose the sequined gown why? because it's light because it's light and the sparklier the better and so little girls if they have feminine essences are into puppies and flowers and colors and sparkles and the more sparkles the better because they are light, they're identified with love light that's what the feminine is so here's this little child so far unencumbered by shells, she, if she has a feminine essence she deeply identifies with being light and love and wearing light and love and being seen if she doesn't get that Let's say that her two years after she's born, an older, a uh, younger sister is born. Let's say that younger sister, the parents find more attractive for some reason, physically attractive, and so they start giving the younger sister, like, oh, look at how cute she is, and they give the younger sister, like, you know, the tutus and the berets and all sparkles and stuff, and they give, let's say, you or the older sister in this thing. Uh, They say, "Well, your younger sister's pretty, but you're going somewhere, so we got you the Encyclopedia Britannica." (laughs) You know, and you're like, "Thanks." Now, even if you're brilliant, even if you are going to be the world's greatest scientist, no matter what, if you have a feminine essence, the Encyclopedia Britannica, although it might make. Part of you happy does not make your heart sing on your birthday. Now, if you got the Encyclopedia Britannica and the Sparkle Sequin Gown, that would be great. But when you get that part suppressed, and they go, "Your sister's just did did so they're belittling the feminine already. They're saying light is inferior to direction, feminine is inferior to masculine. Remember, the masculine is direction, is going somewhere. I was trying to get somewhere. So the masculine, they're praising your masculine. They're saying, you're going somewhere. Your sister's just pretty, feminine's bad. Well, you feel the part of you that is light, that wants to be seen. You go, well, that must be bad. And so you begin to suppress your heart's desire to be seen and animate a masculine shell. Now, this isn't. If you didn't have the shell, you may very well become a great scientist, but you do it because you love science. And it would just be your expression of love. I'm a scientist. I love science. That's fine. But when you're wounded, and out of that wound, you're trying to please mommy and daddy. You're afraid you're not... Being seen, You're trying to act the way that gets attention. Your heart's crushed because you're not acknowledged as light. Now you've got a masculine shell. It's like, yeah, I'm going somewhere. Yeah, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm a scientist. I'm not a politician. I'm going to be a businesswoman. I'm going to show the world. <laughs> and then it's like, to your little sister, you know, you're just pretty, <laughs> you're pretty stupid, <laughs> but I'm going. You, know, you develop this whole shell. It's no longer just your loving masculine that wants to do things. It's a shell. Now, when you get to high school, let's say, microscope girls don't get as much attention as the pom-pom girls or you know the cheerleaders the energy balls you know the so (laughs) your feminine heart is still somewhere buried under there and you do want to be seen and but you've lost touch with your true radiance because you've covered it over with the shell and now what you do is cover that masculine shell with a feminine shell that is no longer your true feminine. It's false feminine energy. It's another fearful shell. So you see what the girls are wearing that are getting all the attention, and you buy the same brand of pants and the same color lipstick, and you spend hours in front of the mirror trying to, on the surface, look radiant because you've lost touch with your inherent radiance of your heart that your parents didn't acknowledge, so you covered over with a masculine shell. Now you're covering over that masculine shell with a feminine shell. So now, in high school, you've got this crushed heart underneath the microscope, girl underneath the false bimbo, basically. And then you attract your reciprocal in high school, which would be a boy who is born with a masculine essence. And the masculine essence, because it loves nothingness, is inherently attracted to death. Because death is ultimate nothing. So anything that involves death or facing death, you know, race car driving at the edge of death, mountain climbing, rock climbing, boxing, just being at your edge is what turns on the masculine. So little boys have a masculine essence. You know, you say, be careful, there's a cliff there, don't get too close. They're like... Immediately challenging the edge because that's where their bliss is and masculine love is expressed in the form of competition to the edge of death if possible but since you're little boys you don't know quite how close that gets so if you give two little boys who have a masculine essence like the same toy they'll fight over the other toy because it's blissful to fight it has nothing to do with the toy just blissful to compete. It's blissful to face that edge. If you've ever seen boxers, like they go out it, they're pummeling each other, they're like bloody, and then after the boxing match, like hugging each other. Great match, great match. You know, the masculine expresses love through living at the edge of death. So if little boys will who have a masculine essence, some. Um, I don't know. I remember like taking magnifying glasses and burning ants with the sun and chasing them all over. You, has, raise your hand if you've done that kind of. Thing. I mean, that's how, that's how masculine people are. It's like kill whatever you. I used to take. You know, there's a frog. I would go out with spears and find anything I could kill, basically. So, <laughs> let's say you have an alcoholic father though, and you're a boy with a masculine essence, and your father is say emotionally abusive because of his his alcoholism, or maybe he's not alcoholic. He's just emotionally abusive. And as a little boy, you have a strong sense of direction because you're masculine. You're going somewhere. And now every time you say, you know, Daddy, I'm going out with Bob, just simple like that. And if your father goes, shut up, you do what I tell you to do because he's messed up himself. He's causing his child physical pain every time he asserts his direction, which is his masculine. Just like not getting you the sequin dress. So... Every time this little boy tries to assert his direction, which would be his masculine gift to the world, ultimately, it gets battled, beaten down... Now he no longer trusts his direction, and because it hurts so much when he puts it out, he develops a false feminine shell of sensitivity to energy. So he like walks into the room and feels Is daddy. Is daddy going to hurt me? What kind of mood is daddy in? Is daddy okay? And it's no longer his natural feminine sensitivity. It's fear. He's afraid. So he's got this feminine shell. Like hi, I'll do whatever you want if it's okay with you. You know, this is false sensitive. Now these little sensitive guys in high school again don't get as much. Dates, let's say, as the quarterbacks, football team, motorcycle guys, tough guys. So this little sensitive guy whose heart does know its direction has been bashed down, wounded masculine heart detaches from his deep sense of direction false feminine shell of sensitivity making sure everything's okay wants dates starts imitating the tough guys so it's like he practices smoking cigarettes like a tough guy and practices walking around like a tough guy and now you've got your macho it's not his true masculine direction anymore it's a shell and of course the girl with the crushed heart covered by the microscope, girl covered by the bimbo, now gets sexually attracted to her exact reciprocal, which is a boy with a crushed sense of direction over the ultra sensitive false macho shells. They get married. Now, of course, her, her bimbo shell and his macho shell are what attracted each other, so their deep hearts, their cores, never really get what they want because the shells are what's interaction. So let's say they have children, they're sitting together 20 years, they get divorced, typically happens 40 years old, divorced, few kids, blah, blah, blah. So now they're 40, they get divorced. First thing she does is say, I'll never depend on a man again. I'm going to... That was, first of all, it's incredibly painful. I mean, you raise your children, you expect your husband does whatever he does. Typically, you know, because you're... Well, we'll go into that later. but You then, out of fear of being dependent on a man again, feel, I'll never depend on a man again. I'm going to go back to school and get my degree in law, or whatever it is, and I'm going to become a blah, 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 and take care of myself. Now again, that's probably not the expression of your deepest love. Like, I love to be a lawyer in a totally relaxed and loving way. It's afraid of being dependent on a man, so you're going to push yourself through law school and you're going to do this thing. It's a masculine shell. Likewise, this guy's just been in his macho shell for 20 years supporting the family. Work, 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 work. And he says, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to take drugs and go to Bali. (laughs) I'm just going to surf. I'm going to flow. I'm going to live life spontaneously. Now in his relationships, he's like... Look, I love you. You love me. That could change at any time. I can't commit to anything in the future. Now is all there is. We're just going with the flow, you know? So you get these guys who, and that's not his true feminine again. It's not his true feminine heart. He's afraid of commitment. He's afraid of being deeply committed and taking something to the end because of what he just experienced. And so out of fear, he won't make commitments again, and he's just flowing. Out of fear, she's totally committed to taking care of herself and isn't allowing her heart to show. So we get these shells over our true essence and we have all of our natural gifts and that's why it's so easy to say well, everything you describe I feel both of. Well, not only do you feel it all because masculine and feminine because you have the whole natural spectrum but you have your true core which we now we know what it is. It's feminine. But it could also be surrounded by these shells which get activated or non-activated at different times of our lives. What would happen if Your almost man came home and said, I've realized I've been a total jerk. Pulls out a bouquet of roses, a bottle of champagne, makes a deep commitment to you, puts it down, looks into your eyes, and you feel like, wow, what happened? He says, you know, I had a near-death experience today. I was in a car accident, but I made it, and I've just realized you are the one I want, and you are who I want to be with, and I will never again hold back my love for you well if you have a feminine essence that would feel really good to you if you're in a masculine shell you wouldn't and so not only are you prone to one I would go farther and say you must have one you must eventually in this life Allow that depth to come to the fore, or you will die unhappy. You will die without ever knowing what it feels like to be absolutely taken by a trustable, trustable, which is rare, trustable man who will go the whole distance with you. And to attract that, though, you have to be his reciprocal, which means a woman who's heart is totally open to be taken now she's not a fool she'll only give herself to a very special man but to that man she will give herself entirely as love to be seen as light so yes you're prone to one (laughs) you're welcome Uh, is there a question what kind of tools are there for men to grow into the third stage And what are the risks to a relationship of taking that step? Great question. Um, The tools are exercises that allow you to know your deepest purpose moment by moment. And in relationship, for instance, to communicate heart to heart with her feminine heart in ways that are artful, that allow both of you to open your deepest hearts all day. Now when i teach these long workshops i'm talking about that's what we do there's not a lot of talk like this there's a lot of everyone standing up getting in rows doing exercises people learn how to do, use their eyes how to use speech how to use touch um, no one takes out their clothes or sex but we simulate things that allow people to feel in their body how they would have to breathe and move so during sex they know how to do that so there's a whole set of exercises that allow your deepest heart your deepest purpose to be expressed both in your career and life and with your children and with your intimate partner and there are very specific exercises like it would be like you saying now like how does how do I learn to golf <laughs> you know well I could tell you some basics but basically you have to actually get out there and have someone show you how to stand and so we can't do that tonight because we don't have the time I could tell you the basics but still you'll have to practice them the risks involved are huge because what the second stage is all about is safety. In the second stage, you learn to hold back and compromise with your intimate partner with everyone because it is safer. That's why you do it. So the way we grow from the first stage to the second stage, so and I know you know this, I'm just saying it for the group, is we learn to develop boundaries. So in the first stage, we're so... We lose our sense of boundaries. We have the kind of codependence things happening and so forth. So we give up what we really want for the sake of the other. And that never really works because then we going to resent them. And you know what I'm talking about. So that to grow to the second stage, you learn to say, I love you, but I have needs too. These are my needs. I need to take care of them. You have your needs. I'll do your best to help you. But ultimately, you're responsible for your happiness I'm not. And I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm the only one who could be responsible for my happiness. You're not responsible for that. We could help each other, but ultimately we're self-responsible. So that's the second stage religion. It's safe. It's all about self-responsibility. It's an evolution beyond the codependency into autonomy and independence and self-sufficiency. Now the third stage is can only happen after you've achieved that. So now you're standing whole, you know how to say no or how to express your own needs and have boundaries, clear boundaries, and you go, okay, boundaries are safe. But this isn't God blissfulness. (laughs) This is boundaries, (laughs) you know, this is safe. This isn't divine ecstasy. And anyone who's had even a moment of real divine ecstasy or openness knows that one of its hallmark features is openness with no boundaries it's oneness it's no separation so third stage practices in the third stage life are all about no separation so one of the specific practices and again this is like golfing i could tell you but you have to do it would be to practice feeling into her heart is she your partner i'm assuming since you're holding her that you'd feel into her heart so deeply practicing just like when you're practicing golf do you golf or something i don't know anything you would practice the sport over and over you know you would get out there you would just over and over whatever sport it is you would practice it over and over until you got it right you would practice feeling into her heart actually feeling what she's feeling is she happy is she sad is there energy moving up this side of her body down this side is she breathing with this texture is she breathing with that texture you would actually develop the capacity pretty easily it would take a couple of days of practice to feel into her body inside her body inside her heart so much you actually can feel her emotions and body more than she could because she has these shells like you did so she has these shells around her that have been built so she doesn't have to feel the pain in her heart you from the outside because you don't have her shells you know you have your own we all have our own you can feel into her heart Now when you can feel into her heart deeply More deeply than she can She takes a little practice But not a whole lot When she says to you things like Leave me alone And she goes into a room And she shuts the door Well a second stage man would go Well she said leave me alone I respect her space I'll leave her alone Right? Right How often ladies do you really want him Not to come into the room Sometimes, but most often when a feminine person says, leave me alone, she's on the other side of the door waiting for you to come in. (laughs) Really. So raise your hand if that's true, ladies. So he knows. Okay. So now uh, what a third stage man does is feels into her heart instead of listens to her words as if they were the truth. He feels into her heart for the truth. And feels, well, she said, leave me alone. Second stage man would go, well, I respect her space. Third stage man goes, I am here to open her to God. What does her heart need now? Does her heart need space? If her heart needs space, you give her space. But if her heart needs you to barge through the door, throw her down on the bed, rip off her clothes, look into her eyes and say, you're mine, bitch, and you're going nowhere. (laughs) then that's what you would do to open her. I don't know which would open you more. Do you want to give any hints so he knows? (laughs) So you would move in the direction, it's very high risk in the sense of You're doing your best to feel into her deepest heart and what she really needs. But just like even Tiger Woods, you're going to make mistakes sometime. And so there is the risk you're going to barge that door and do something, and it (laughs) won't be what she really needs. But obviously she's ready for the risk. (laughs) She'll take the mistake at this point. So you can see, feel the direction Even from her response Of where you can go It is very risky But it's the only way to play it Once you've got the safety down You can't go from the first stage Where there's no boundaries To the third stage You have to first have clear boundaries Mutual respect Space Then from there You could begin to practice Feeling into each other's hearts so deeply and, and this is the basis of the third stage She trusts your heart More than her own To feel what her heart needs to open. And you trust her heart. More than your own. To feel when you're in your deepest integrity. That's the third stage. See in the second stage you say. Hey. I hear what you're saying. But I'm the only one who could know what I really want. Eventually you realize. That's totally bogus. That in fact. Everyone can feel you better than you can. You. It's like you know your eyeball. This eyeball will never see itself. I can't see that eyeball. I can see a reflection in a mirror, but because it is the eyeball, it can't see itself. The same way you are you. You can only know yourself through reflection. And that reflection is very objective uh, maybe we'll do this later tonight maybe we won't but in longer workshops where more trust is developed it's real easy we could have a group of men standing up here we could ask all the women here to vote on the man they just intuitively trust the most total strangers you know we, 90 to 98% of the women will always vote for one of the men how do they know that? Well, you ask them and they'll tell you, by the way, he's standing, by the way, he's breathing, he's present, he's confident, he's clear, he's feeling out instead of in himself. These are all qualities of someone who's more trustable. Now, those are all also cultivatable qualities. That is, at your heart, you are God or consciousness, whatever word, you are divine. I'm divine. We are the living divine. Now, we've got shells over that. We all have our own ways of hiding that and being less than that. But we are that. All these practices are are ways of undoing the kinks and the shells That hold back our native consciousness So again, if we had these three men up here I could just whisper into one of the loser's ears (laughs) A few simple practices You know, I could say, breathe this way Open this way Feel the audience this way And suddenly, he's like totally there and all the women vote for him so it's something that's could be prac now chances are as soon as they raise their hand he goes back into his old shell because his tension comes in and the shells come back but with practice he could maintain that openness so to move into the third stage you actually practice trusting your partner's heart more than yours because i mean how obvious this is so obvious right ladies how often have you been with your man and he thinks he's right on like he's doing something out of total integrity, and you feel he's just afraid to really feel what he's really doing, raise your hand when you know that he's off and he doesn't even know. Okay. <laughs> Women feel that all of the time. They suffer that almost their entire life. They're sitting there feeling you totally deluded. And they're going, oh, God. How could I? I've tried to show him. I've tried to tell him. He doesn't listen. I just give up, or it's too painful to even try. So she's suffering that constantly. And how often do you as a man know... That no matter what her body and mind are saying, what she wants is to open in complete love. Like she's going, You know, she's saying, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Which means, I love you, I love you, but you're not giving me enough love. You know, so you're listening to her and you know what she's saying isn't real. And so the masculine then tends to go, I can't believe anything she says anymore. You know, I don't trust her. But a third stage man realizes that the feminine is energy. So what she's saying is the truth of her feeling in the moment, but the feeling in the moment is so interconnected with everything. Like the way you're chewing gum right now would be sufficient for most women to become non-orgasmic. Really? No, I don't know anything personally about you. I don't want to go into that right now. But, you know, I mean, how many of you ladies would come with your man going, So, little things, like you just touch your ear, right? No big deal to a man, I mean, touching your ear, big deal. But to a woman, if I'm talking to you ladies, and I'm like talking to you and I keep doing this while I'm talking to you, tell me if you would trust me as much, yes or no. (laughs) Raise your hand if the answer is no, you wouldn't trust me as much. Okay, so just that little motion you made would make her mistrust you more. So the feminine lives in this feeling of energy. So when you say, well, what are you feeling? By the time you finish saying it, if you've touched your ear, if you've chewed gum, if you, if you ask like this, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Each of those you'd get a different answer because she's feeling something totally different from you, and that becomes her feeling, let alone the wafts of the flowers nearby, the sounds of the children, she sees a bird flying, the chocolate sitting on the table. All of those things are combining and then what happened yesterday and ten years ago, and the way your hand reminds her of her ex husband goes on and on. And so like, you're to the masculine, if I ask you, you know, how are you feeling? You go, pretty good. <laughs> Or, you know, eh, not so good today. That's like the, the beauty of the range of the masculine, you know. But you ask the feminine if, and in all honesty, she would have to be just saying it would change how she felt. And if, and if saying it made your eyes like go, then now she suddenly feels different. Or saying it made you go like, now she feels different. So if you ask her two seconds later, and you go, okay, let me get this straight. You're angry. And she goes, no. And you said, you just said you were angry. Yes. Now I am angry. You know, it just changes instantly. Do you get that? So the second stage man is lost because you're trying to believe her and treat her like a human, which means like a man to a masculine person because he projects his way as the way, natural, just like women do. I mean, you think... Human, You're human, they're human, they must be like you. Wrong. You're a masculine human, she's a feminine human, there's a depth at which you are identical, but everything else is completely different. And that complete difference means in the third stage, you worship the heart that is identical, you're amused by the differences, and you use those differences to open the heart. You know, if she came in and said to you, I've arranged the weekend, you'd be ready by four. You'd go like, huh? <laughs> but you say that to her and she gets all excited. It's a mystery. You're taking charge. It's, she can relax. Now, by knowing those differences, you can open each other's hearts deeper and deeper and deeper actually through the medium of those differences. The second stage men and women try to, minimize those differences third stage men and women realize hey they're beautiful doorways and then you use those doorways to enter each other's heart deeper and deeper but the core of it is that you trust her heart more than yours to know when you're on or off because she does and she trusts your heart more than hers to know what her heart really wants because even when she's saying i hate you she's hoping to trust that you'll feel that she loves you and will act on that I don't know what she says. So you're trusting each other's hearts in the third stage deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you become basically a two-bodied form of devotion to God rather than a one-bodied form. And the two-bodied form is much better because you get the benefits of both forms of sensitivity. You can do it one-bodied. That's fine too. But if you're going to be together in a relationship, why not open to God in a relationship? And if you're going to open to God, you need to trust each other's hearts so you become one.
1: Well, is your head spinning a little bit? Was that not powerful? Did it bring up things that you want to explore? Did it create questions in you? Did it create a yearning to understand more deeply? I want to know, can I support you in understanding what you just heard and help you integrate it and apply it to your life? Can I help you move from being a stage one person to a stage two? Because as you heard, you cannot you cannot really relate from a stage three perspective unless you've really done the work Of going from stage one to stage two. Which means it's all about self-sufficiency and setting boundaries and getting out of codependent habits. Okay, so I'm hoping that you have been blown away by what you heard and you want to go deeper. And that's what I'm here for. I would love to support you in that. So if you want to follow up and maybe talk about working with me, because you can't work with him individually. He doesn't do any individual coaching. In fact, I think right now he's on a one-year hiatus. I don't think he's even teaching anywhere. I think he's in a cave somewhere just meditating and staring at the wall, okay? But I'm available to help you apply these things and integrate these things and grow through these stages and create the kinds of relationship dynamics that you just heard. So if you want to do that, you can reach me at Roy at coachingwithroy.com or you can call me at 407-687-3387. So until next time.
0: You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.